0: Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. Chapter 6. John chapter 6, and uh, tonight just want to talk a little bit about surrender, Um, and the title of tonight's message is, Why Give God My Life, or Why Give God My Basket, and this is the uh, illustration we're going to read about in this chapter, um, in verse 9, we're going to read that, but let's start in verse uh, 1, John chapter 6, the Bible says, after these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them, that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews was nigh, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, In number, about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. And let's go ahead and bow for prayer tonight. Uh, Heavenly Father, I uh, just want to beg your blessing on tonight's message that you'd please meet with us and fill uh, with your spirit, with your power and boldness to preach your word with authority. And uh, bless your people tonight and thank you for them coming out tonight. And I pray that you help them to receive a blessing tonight um, from your word and just uh, use. Use me tonight, Father, and uh, bless this message and uh, to the hearts of your people, and speak to our hearts tonight. Meet with us in a special way, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And uh, tonight, I just want to talk to you about that subject, about uh, surrender, um, and we all have a basket there in verse 9. We have a young man, he had a basket, and it had contained five barley loaves and two small fishes, and, uh, and what was in his basket uh, wasn't very much, but... Uh, Nonetheless, he took what was in his basket and brought it to the Lord. And um, out of the whole group of 5,000, the men that were there, plus they had their families with them, um, out of the 5,000 men, uh, I'm I'm convinced that this wasn't the only person in the group, the young man, that had something to bring. Um, I believe that the other people there had uh, something to bring. Um, I don't believe he was the only one. Um, But this young man was the only one that is written here. It speaks of bringing forward uh, what he had. And I just want to uh, draw a picture, an illustration uh, from the act of this offering that this young man brought uh, to the Lord and how that relates to us. And of course, you know where I'm going with that. Um, but it was a sacrifice. And the young man brought forward what he probably could have been satisfied with um, for lunch that day. And But yet he brought it forward. Um, he didn't have to. He could have kept it to himself. He could have he could have been satisfied himself, and that would have been good enough for him. But, um, but I believe because he had faith, childlike faith, because he had um, he had seen the need of the people, and he had that unselfishness. Um, he brought forward to the Lord what was his, and um, expected that the Lord could use it, and expected that whatever it was that he brought, the Lord would be able to use. And you know, we can see that in our children, right? We can see that uh, in, in a child. We can we can see this happening. And um, surprisingly, the Lord, um, there in verse, let me see here, verse 9, after Andrew brought the young man um, to the Lord, Andrew makes this question. He says, but what are they among so many? And um, begins to cast doubt on what the young man brought. And um, oftentimes, you know, Jesus would test his disciples and he'd test their faith. There in verse 6, sorry, 7, he tests Philip. And he says, Philip, you know, where are we going to buy bread? And uh, in verse 7, Philip says we don't have enough money that if we were to spend what money we have, it wouldn't be enough to fill every one of them. And uh, then we see Andrew, and uh, we see his lack of faith there. But then we see the young man and his faith. And, um, you know, I just want to challenge you tonight just to uh, trust the Lord with what you have. Um, you know, we don't, we don't, none of us have much, really, when you think about it. The Bible says, um, without me, you can do nothing. Um, and whatever we have is not you know uh, it's not much and so just like this young man he brought what he had it wasn't much and what we have is not much um, and you know not no not no one of us in this room alone could reach the world with the gospel um, through our witness not just not one of us could on our on our own reach the world with the gospel um, but i'm convinced that not only us giving what we have to the lord but corporately bringing what we have to the Lord. Um, I'm not talking about, um, you know, financially. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about financially, though. um, You know, what I'm talking about would include that, but uh, giving God our life and and just simply sacrificing our life for God. Um, Just like this young man, he brought forward what he had and gave it all to God. Um, Out of childlike faith and out of an unselfish uh, heart, he brought what he had. And he saw the need and the Lord saw the need. There in verse 5, Jesus lifted up his eyes. He saw the need, and he saw the company, and he said, where are we going to buy bread that these may eat? And uh, Jesus and the young man saw the need of the multitude. And, um, you know, that question is posed, why should we give God our life? Why should we give God control of our life? Um, And number one, you know, it's not in, in um, in my notes here, but uh, we all understand that God bought us with a price. We all understand that to be true. And really what we're giving God is not our own anyway. Um, our life now belongs to him uh, if we're saved. Uh, whether we want to acknowledge that or not or agree with that or not, um, everything we have is God's in the first place. He created us, but, but even more so because he bought us with the, the blood of Jesus Christ and uh, his son. And so he bought us. We're his uh, and we do belong to him, so everything we have, we should be willing to give back to him um, in whatever way he wants to use us in our life. But, um, but then we're also going to see here the need that was, the scene, that was seen there that day. The, the need of the great multitude was apparent uh, to the Lord. And he, he said to his disciples in John chapter 4, he said, lift up your eyes. And he told them to lift up his eyes here in verse 5. The Bible says, "When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, and saw a great company." And you know, God wants us to do the same thing. You know, to lift up our eyes. You know, we may not be able to see the people in foreign countries, but we can, in our mind's eye, we can we can see those people around the world. Um, we can see the people in Asia. We can see the people in in Europe. We can see the people in uh, in England. We can see the people in Australia. In our mind's eye, we can understand. We can lift up our eyes in a way um, and see the multitude that's out there tonight. Uh, it's, it's great, um, greater than it's ever been. Uh, it's eight billion, 7 to 8 billion tonight, uh, people uh, that populate the earth tonight, uh, bigger than it's ever been. Uh, the, the need is greater than in Jesus' time when he said, the harvest truly is plenteous. It, it's bigger than that, and uh, today it is. And we have a, a bigger task on our hands today than there ever has been. Um, And so why shouldn't we see the great need? Why shouldn't we understand that there's a multitude tonight? Uh, There's a multitude of people tonight uh, that don't know the Lord in salvation. And, um, you know, it's our responsibility, isn't it? It's our responsibility. Uh, God has left that responsibility with us uh, to see that the people in the world get the gospel. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's nobody out there that God doesn't care about uh, you know, in fact, you know, he, he created them all. He has a plan for them. He wants them to be saved. And uh, he's not willing that any one of them should perish. And, uh, and so he wants us to see the need tonight, just like the young man saw that what he had could probably meet some needs if he were to just give it away. And he unselfishly brought it forward. And just like that, that picture of the young man, uh, we should be willing to give what little we have to God, to let him use our life, to reach these people that are out there the great multitude that's out there through our witness um, here where we are. You know, God has called us to reach the world of the gospel, but it starts here and it branches out. You know, I believe if you have a soul, uh, sorry, a heart for souls in general here, um, you're gonna have a heart for souls around the world. I believe that if you, if you care about people here dying and going to hell, you're gonna care about people that you could help that, that are around the world, maybe not through your witness, but through your prayers, uh, through your giving, so people that, uh, other missionaries that you support can go in your place. They can go and they can witness to those people that you'll never meet, but they'll go and they'll witness to them. Um, And so I believe it starts with our our burden for souls. It starts with our burden for souls here. And, um, you know, we all have the same schedule. We all have the same 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, 365 a year. Um, And each one of us, you know, make our own decisions. What are we going to do with our life, with our time? Uh, but I believe that we should, number one, we should, we should make time uh, to witness to people around us. Uh, it, it starts with, with, it starts here. And I believe if, if you have a heart for souls here, you know, we, we won't have to, you know, bring up the subject, though we will, you know, of missions around the world because you'll already be thinking about it. You know, I believe the heart for souls uh, translates into the heart for world missions, um, and so we see the multitude, and I believe that's one of the reasons why we should be willing to unselfishly just give God our life, let Him have control, let Him have what's rightfully His, uh, because He's going to try to use us to reach those people. Um, the Bible says, Jesus said, um, "I will make you to be fishers of men," and uh, as we follow the Lord, as we see the need that's out there, we're going to want to be fishers of men. We're going to have the burden, just like Jesus. He had the burden. He said. Uh, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. And uh, he said, they're white already to harvest. And so tonight, the, the multitude tonight is one of the reasons that I believe we should be willing uh, to, to selflessly give a, a God control of our life. Let him have what's rightfully his. For, let him use you tonight. Um, secondly, uh, we see the, the miracle that uh, occurred there that day, uh, all because of the young man's uh, willingness uh, to get involved to be involved, and, um, he didn't sit on the sidelines, the young man came forward in front of everybody, and, um, and he didn't care, you know, what every, when he, what anyone thought, he just, he just brought forward what he had, and was willing for God to, to have it, you know, to have all what he had, and to use it, and, um, and so I believe Jesus honored that, that sacrifice with, with performing this miracle, um. And then also I believe that uh, Jesus, he could have called down manna. He could, have, he could have caused that manna should fall down. I believe that. Um, God did it in the, in the wilderness. Jesus could have done it here. Um, he could have turned the stones into bread. He could have done that. Um, but instead he chose to use a person. And uh, this young man, uh, the Lord chose to use this young man, the, an insignificant person, you would think. Um, and even Andrew cast doubt on what the young man had brought and who brought it, um, but Jesus didn't. And we see that in verse uh, 10. Uh, the question is asked, then Jesus said, make the men sit down. And it's almost like he just ignored the, sta- the, the question that, that um, Andrew had, had posed. He said, what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. He just said, don't, no, we're going to use it. Uh, I don't care what you think. We're going we're to go forward with this. We're going to use what this young man brought. And he was trying to teach his disciples to have more faith. And, um, and, and he, he brought this young man forward. And in verse 11, the Bible says, And Jesus took the loaves. And uh, the moment that Jesus took the loaves uh, was the moment that what the young man had brought became special. You know, in the young man's hands, you know, it wasn't much. It was just what it was. And we know that wasn't enough to feed the multitude. But in Jesus' hands, you know, it became something special. And something that, that you know, miracles began to happen here. We see that. And Jesus began to break it. He began to multiply it in, in front of everybody. And uh, they saw the miracle. And in verse 14, uh, the Bible says, then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. And uh, the spotlight was on Jesus. And uh, even even though the young man brought forward what he had, Jesus and God got all the glory that day. And, um, you know, God wants to do a miracle through us. You know, he wants to get us involved um, in getting the gospel. And there's a greater, there's a greater need out there um, than what happened here. Even Jesus said in, um, in verse 26, 27, uh, sorry, verse 27, same chapter, um, this group of people that had been fed that day came back to him another day, and this is what he said to them. They wanted to get more. But he said this to them, he said, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. And then later in verse uh, 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And he said this in 36, he said, but I said unto you, that ye also have seen me and believe not. And the sad thing about it was this, this group of people came back to him. They, they wanted another meal. They were filled. Their, their appetite was filled, but they left hungry on the inside. They, they left without the Savior in their hearts. Uh, they left without the bread of life. Um, you know, they got everything except what they really needed. And, uh, and a sad story there, but, uh, you know, Jesus wants to do the same miracle. Um, sorry, uh, he wants to do an even greater miracle then what he did that day, because the greatest miracle is when we when we see a, the the, uh, the event of salvation in someone's life, we see what happens in a person's life. Uh, I remember when I was saved in, when I was 18. Um, you know that was the greatest day in my life. And Whenever you were saved in your life, you remember that that was the greatest day in your life. Why? Because it was it was the greatest miracle, and um, I believe you know that miracle will last forever and ever. Uh, that that miracle that that happened in our life, in your life, my life. Will 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 last forever, and we can't we can't put a value on that miracle. We can't put a we can't put a, a price on salvation. There's no price. Uh, it's priceless. Jesus paid the price with his blood. But um, it just just you know we can't even understand you know how 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 great that um, that gift of salvation is. And so, you know, somebody had to reach you. Somebody had to reach me. Um, and, and so that miracle that happened in our life, you know, we should be willing to let that miracle happen in other people's lives through our efforts, through our, our witness, through our, our prayers and our giving so people around the world can be saved as well. Um, we should be wanting that miracle in other people's lives as well. Just like this young man, he was, he was a part of a miracle. He gave his bread. He didn't know it was gonna be a miracle. He just, he just brought what he had. I'm not sure he understood what was gonna happen, but, but he brought it forward anyway uh, selflessly, and God used it to do a miracle, and, you know, as we go out, as we, uh, try to witness to folks, as we try to give and pray so other people can be saved, uh, around the world, um, you know, we'll find we're going to be a part of a miracle, uh, a miracle that in eternity, you know, we will never, never be able to measure, of course, uh, the miracle that happens, but, um, you know, it's a miracle business that we can be a part of, and as we go out with, with, uh, God on our side, you know the Bible says um, we are co laborers with Christ. Uh, as we go out, as we do our part, as we, you know, as we have a heart for missions uh, around the world, you know, God, God gets in with that as well. He he's, He begins to work alongside, and uh, we see we see the miracle happen in other people's life, not because of us. Just like this young man, it wasn't his it wasn't his loaves, it wasn't his fish. There was nothing special about it before he gave it to Jesus. Uh, but it became special in Jesus' hands. So I'm saying tonight, if we want to be a part of a miracle, you know, we need to first start with giving God control, giving God control of our life. Let him have full control. Uh, Let him take our life. Just like in verse 11, the Bible says, and Jesus took the loaves. Uh, Let Jesus take your life. Let Jesus take control. Um, Let him have full control. Um, And let, let him use your life. And, you know, we we like to selfishly keep our life to ourselves, our our time, you know. Our um, sometimes our priorities are backwards, but we, we don't give God those areas that that we should be giving Him and uh, letting Him have control. And He would like to have control. He would like to use our life to reach the multitude. Um, and then lastly, tonight we're done. Uh, we see in verse twelve and verse thirteen um, we see there was great blessings because. Some people were willing to get involved. um, 12 and 13 there. The Bible says, When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. And so we see the fragments that were gathered up. Um, And we're going to use that as an illustration for blessings. Okay? Um, I believe that as they gathered up these fragments, the young man, um, the disciples, I believe they were all partakers of these fragments, uh, that, that what they had started with initially was only five barley loaves, and what they ended up with was so much more. They ended up with 12 baskets of, of fragments that I believe went to the disciples, it went to the young man, and they were all blessed. Uh, the disciples, because you know they're Jesus' disciples, they were with him wherever he went, and they were involved. And um, they were the ones that passed out the bread. And then the young man, because he brought the bread, and uh, they all benefited in the end uh, because they were willing to get involved. And, uh, you know, when we're willing to, to see the need, we're willing to give God control of our life, let Him have control. Um, I believe that we will be blessed in the end, more than what, what we started with, more than with what we started with before we gave God control. And, you know, we could keep control. We could we could selfishly keep control of our lives and, and try to benefit ourselves that way um, by having control and by uh, being a blessing to ourselves, um, just like the young man could have. He could have kept his, his little basket to himself. He could have selfishly said, you know what, um, I'm hungry and uh, I don't care <laughs> about these people. But he didn't. He said, these people are hungry and I don't care. I'm going to go hungry today. And ended up that he gave God everything and got blessed in the end for it, and so just want to use that as an illustration. You know, they were gathering up fragments of blessings, um, and we can be gathering up fragments of blessings in in this life. I believe that um, the Bible says another place when one day when Peter was uh, turned to Jesus, the Bible says, and he said, um, "Lord, we have forsaken all and followed thee." He said, "What shall we have therefore?" And uh, you know, to me, I would think that's that's a pretty that's a pretty materialistic question. But uh, Jesus didn't. He, he said, you know what? There is no man that hath forsaken houses, lands, families. You know, he said father, mother, brother, sister. Um, he shall not receive a hundredfold more now in this life. He said, and the world to come eternal life. He said, you know, there's, there's a hundredfold blessing for you and for everybody that would forsake all and follow him. And um, just as Paul and just as the other apostles forsake all and followed Jesus Of course, they were all martyred, except for John, Um, but I'm sure if you were to ask them, you know, was it worth it? Did you get that, uh, that hundredfold blessing Jesus spoke about? And I'm sure they would have said, without a doubt, Um, Paul, uh, the Bible says, he said, that I may know him, and the Bible says he counted all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, and uh, he was willing to give it up all, give all of it up, give his, give his uh, position, give his uh, renown, give his reputation, everything. He was willing to give it all up uh, because he valued the Lord more than anything else. Um, you know, we're willing to get involved, let God have control. We're going to get those blessings, whether they come in the form of spiritual or or, or whatever. Um, you know, we're going to experience that because, you know, God is not a liar. Bible says that, you know, uh, he said, you will receive a hundredfold more now in, in this life. And I believe that. I believe that God is not a liar. I believe that if he said it, it'll come to pass. And, um, we understand that. The um, Bible says if we give to the poor, that, um, that he will repay us. You know, if we'll be willing to see the need of others, God will repay us. And uh, we need to understand that, you know, as we give God our life, we'll end up with more than what we started with. Um, in, in terms of peace, of uh, blessings, um, not materialistic, but uh, just that, those spiritual blessings, we don't understand it all, but David put it this way. He said, uh, mercy and grace shall follow me all the days of my life, and he said, "I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." Uh, there's not a price you can put on peace. There's not a price you can put on joy. All those things that come with, with that that life of surrender to the Lord, um, knowing that we're thoroughly right with God, that we're doing everything we possibly can to serve Him. Um, just knowing that we're in the will of God. You know those those, those items, those, those items of joy, peace, long suffering, all the fruit of the Spirit, um, but I believe that those blessings will come our way, those fragments of blessings will come our way if we'll just be willing to get involved, and um, you know, I would encourage you, you know, if you're not already serving in, in, a, in a specific ministry in the church, or if you're not already involved some, some way through the outreach of the church or something, find something to get involved, find somewhere you can, you can find your niche, where you can find your area. And do that, and find a place where where God can use you, um, for service. Um, you know, it starts with, with the first step. You know, we all need to take that first step of surrender and say, God, I'm willing. You know, to show me where you want me, where you want me, want me to be, where you want to put me, um, and be willing to get involved. We all need to do our part. I can't do your part for you, and you can't do your part for me. But we can all get involved and in getting out the gospel, getting getting the the message out. Because, like I said um, the need is greater than it's ever been. Um, Jesus said it, he said, the harvest truly is plenteous. Um, there's places in the world that need more missionaries. There's not a shortage. There is a, there, the, I'm sorry, there's not a shortage of people out there that need to be saved. There's a shortage of people out there to reach them. And, uh, just want to encourage if there's somebody in here, I mean, you know, God is still calling missionaries. Um, you know, out of all the countries in the world, the U S is a, number one sender of missionaries. And, um, but yet the world is not yet reached. And uh, we're doing all we can, except I believe there, there's probably more more that could go. There's more that could go. And I want to encourage you with that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I pray that you bless the people for coming tonight. I pray that you'd um, uh, uh, just help us, Father, as we leave this place uh, to keep in mind what we heard tonight. Um, and I pray that if there's anyone here tonight, uh, maybe you're dealing with about, uh, just, just surrendering, uh, just giving you full control in their life. Maybe somebody tonight that doesn't even know you yet as Savior. I pray that um, before it's too late, they would make that decision to make you their Savior. And uh, be with all the things that uh, that we spoke tonight with everybody tonight. I pray that you help them to make, make the decision if there's someone out there that needs to make a decision. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.